Welcome to 30 Minutes from 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager. My guest today is Randy Seraglio, a conservation advocate for the Center for Biological Diversity. As the current administration comes to an end, government agencies may be bowing to political pressure to expedite controversial actions prior to the end of this administration. In Arizona, two compelling timely issues are Oak Flat and the border wall. Randy, thanks for being here today. Let's start by telling us about Oak Flat and what's at stake. Yeah, so uh, we're kind of in emergency scramble mode right now um, with the issue up in central Arizona in the Tano National Forest. Uh, where Rio Tinto, a major international mining behemoth, is attempting to get their hands on some public land in the Tano National Forest uh, called Oak Flat. It's a place that uh, has been a sacred part of Apache culture for centuries, and it's also a very popular campground. It's also home to some endangered species, a beautiful area, world-class rock climbing and recreational opportunities. And the Trump administration wants to give that all away so that Rio Tinto can destroy this place and turn it into a pile of money. So we're fighting that right now. Um, And, you know, we've seen a real pattern here with the administration in these final days where they are rushing to approve a number of these projects, as you mentioned, as well as roll back environmental protections that, you know, protect our air, our water, our beautiful wildlife and our and our wide open landscapes uh, just to facilitate extractive industry, uh, you know, being able to enter these places and make profits at the expense of, of our public lands. And, you know, Oak Flat is particularly egregious uh, in that uh, this place has not just the kind of values that that other public lands normally have, but it is sacred to the Apache people. Randy Seraglio, what does emergency mode mean to you? What steps are you taking? Well, what we're looking at is a, uh, a, a situation where six years ago, uh, Senator John McCain pushed a midnight rider through uh, Congress uh, to set up this land exchange. Uh, the late senator at the time was the biggest recipient of Rio Tinto campaign contributions in the Senate, so not surprising that he would do this favor for this huge mining company. But uh, what that law said was that um, the Tano National Forest uh, would have to do an Im- environmental impact statement to analyze the, the impacts of this massive copper mine that Rio Tinto wants to put at Oak Flat, but when they published the final environmental impact statement, uh, the clock would begin ticking and the government would have no more than 60 days to hand away the, the land at Oak Flat to Rio Tinto, no matter what the environmental analysis says, uh, that they would just have to trade this land away, no matter what the impacts are and without any regard to the concerns of Native people in Arizona. So... Um, We've been fighting that ever since, but now uh, the Trump administration has rapidly accelerated, dramatically accelerated the time frame for releasing that document, and they are planning to release it next Friday, January 15th. And if they do that, it means that the clock will start ticking and they could hand that land over to Rio Tinto anytime, 
with, and they have to do it within 60 days. You say it's a land swap. What is the land being swapped? So Rio Tinto went around and bought up some uh, marginally valuable properties in terms of, you know, open space or, or uh, you know, conservation value. Uh, just nothing at all compared to the, the values that, that Oak Flat holds. And they're going to offer these uh, properties to the government in exchange for Oak Flat. And, of course, you know, Oak Flat not only is priceless, and, and, you know, utterly uh, beyond value in terms of, it, you know, its spiritual value and its, its value as, uh, you know, one of the uh, most important uh, archaeological and cultural indigenous sites uh, in the world. Now, this is a place that has been used for, for centuries by Apache people for sustenance, for, um, for medicine, for ceremony. Uh, for habitation, and you know this this mining company wants to destroy it, uh, and so the you know the the land exchange itself, and you know in terms of of whether it's a good deal or not, uh, it could never be a good deal. It doesn't really matter what Rio Tinto offers to the government in exchange for this land. It, it could never compare to the value of Oak Flat. And I just want to place this in context a little bit in terms of this company, Rio Tinto. Uh, they have a long track record internationally of environmental disasters and uh, complete disrespect for indigenous communities in various places ar around the world. Uh, most recently, just last year, um, they blew up a place in Western Australia called the, the Yukon Gorges. And there were rock shelters there, a 46,000-year-old uh, Aboriginal cultural site, some of the earliest evidence of human habitation on this planet, 46,000 years old. This place was fundamentally sacred and, and extremely important to uh, Aboriginal groups in Australia. And, you know, they had been promised by Rio Tinto that this place would be protected and then Rio Tinto just simply went ahead and blasted it to smithereens anyway. Now, that resulted in a huge controversy where the CEO of the company was actually fired and two other top executives at Rio Tinto were fired. And the chairman of the board made a lot of statements about how, oh, this was wrong. We never should have done it. We'll never do it again. But here this company, you know, not even seven months later, is planning to do the exact same thing at Oak Flat. At Oak Flat, they're planning to take an, a huge step forward towards doing the exact same thing at Oak Flat. You're listening to Thirty Minutes from ninety-one point three KXCI Tucson. My name is Amanda Shager, and my guest today is Randy Seraglio. We are talking about Oak Flat. I understand that Oak Flat is situated on national forest land and not on the Apache Reservation. Yes. Um, so Oak Flat is actually on the Tonto National Forest. So it's managed by the U.S. Forest Service, uh, which is within the Department of Agriculture. And, you know, it is a sacred site to the Apache people. And, of course, the reason that they still don't live there and, you know, is, is because they were forcibly removed and what we're seeing today is really the continuation uh, of a, a, a long and shameful history in this state of how mining companies have interacted 
with uh, Native peoples in Arizona. Um, you know, the San Carlos Apache Reservation was originally a prisoner of war camp. Uh, Apache people were rounded up from around the state, and they were put there and told to stay there. And if any of them left, they would be hunted down and either thrown in jail or returned to the reservation or sometimes killed. So, you know, that was essentially ethnic cleansing is what that was. You know, the whole point was to remove Apache people from their land so that these mining companies and other extractive interests could come in and destroy that land for profit. And so what we see at Oak Flat today is a continuation of that same cultural genocide that happened, uh, you know, that began more than a century ago. At this point, if the Forest Service publishes its environmental impact statement on the 15th and the clock starts ticking, what can be done? Well, we're going to fight this with everything we have in every way possible. Um, The San Carlos Apache tribe has long opposed this project. Uh, There are other groups uh, that have fought against it. The Apache Stronghold is leading the resistance. Um, You know, my organization, the Center for Biological Diversity, uh, is prepared to do what it takes to undo the legislation in Congress that authorized this land exchange in the first place, to convince the Biden administration to pull back on this proposal and do the right thing, um, to also uh, litigate if we have to to stop this, this lawless, uh, you know, abandonment of this incredibly important land. And, you know, there's a bunch of ways that we can continue fighting this, but, you know, the most important thing right now is for the U S forest service to hold off and not give this land or not publish the final EIS on the 15th, because, you know, that, that will make it much more difficult to undo these things. But, you know, we're going to do everything in our power to stop this land from being destroyed. I would urge everyone to contact the Tonto National Forest, contact the U.S. Forest Service chief in Washington, D.C., and tell them to not publish the final environmental impact statement on, uh, on January 15th. You can also contact uh, this, the CEO and chairman of the board of, uh, of Rio Tinto. The chairman of the board is named Simon Thompson. The CEO is named Jakob Straussholm. Uh, those two people could give the word at any time, and the U.S. government would back off on this. And it's very clear to us that it is corruption in the Trump administration that's driving a lot of this. This is by far the most corrupt presidential administration in modern U.S. history by any measure. Uh, and this is just the latest example of that. Um, you know, Commerce Secretary William or Wilbur Ross uh, met with Rio Tinto multiple times this year. And then uh, on October 1st, when the Tonto National Forest all of a sudden announced that they would put this final uh, environmentalist analysis out a year before they had originally planned, uh, Wilbur Ross went to Oak Flat a week later. He delivered a stump speech in favor of the mine just a week later after they dramatically accelerated uh, you know, this process. So you know, we can look at the history of the Trump administration over the last four years, and, and two plus two does equal four. This is bald-faced corruption. There's no question about it. But you know, Forest Service officials uh, out here in the States admitted that they are getting pressure from the highest levels of the government to move forward with this 
publication of the final EIS, even though they weren't ready to, to do that yet. So um, there's no question that they're trying to get this out the door before Trump leaves office. Randy Seraglio, do you have more that you'd like to say about Oak Flat and the resistance? You know, when we work on issues like this, uh, we really have to place them in the larger context. And there is corruption in the Trump administration, but I think the problems here go deeper than that. Um, You know, the West was founded on seizing indigenous land, kicking indigenous people off their land, boxing them in, in reservations, destroying their culture, destroying their languages, basically removing them as an obstacle for this sort of extractive industry. And mining companies have benefited from this for, you know, more than 150 years now. And we've seen the way that public lands have been managed in this country for a long time and how that fits into a very clear white supremacy culture that is the unwritten and unspoken law of this country. You know, they're looking at these lands and they're saying, no, these values don't matter. Uh, You know, it doesn't matter that it's a sacred site to indigenous people. Uh, That's not really important. What's really important is how much money we can make off this land. And, you know, you see that that very clearly uh, when you look at how public lands are managed in many places and how, you know, even if there are indigenous sacred sites there, indigenous people don't have a seat at the table. They don't have any mechanism to defend these places, uh, you know, other than other than, you know, trying to engage in these processes and mobilize resistance and, and, you know, litigation sometimes. You know, there's no one in the administration who's actually valuing their perspective and listening to their voices. And that's why we were, you know, really elated when President Biden, uh, President elect Biden announced that uh, Deb Holland would become uh, his nomination for Secretary of Interior. She is an indigenous uh, member of Congress from the state of New Mexico, and she has been a strong ally for protecting these public lands and in particular protecting sacred sites. Um, You know, her voice uh, has been strong for years, and now if she becomes Secretary of Interior, she could dramatically change the way these public lands are managed. Uh, you know, she will not only give indigenous people a seat at the table, she will give them real power. And that's what's needed. You're listening to 30 Minutes from 91.3 KXCI Tucson. My guest today is Randy Seraglio, a conservation advocate for the Center for Biological Diversity. Another issue that the Center for Biological Diversity has been working on is the border wall. Talk about what's at stake in the waning days of this administration and the beginning days of the next administration. We've seen the Trump administration run roughshod over the borderlands uh, for years now, for four years. Uh, They waived every environmental law uh, on the books, and they have destroyed some very important places, um, our beautiful borderlands including indigenous sacred sites along the border as well, Quito Bukito in the Oregon Pipe National, Mon- National Monument and uh, you know other places along the border where they are you know just literally bulldozing these sacred places, bulldozing 
uh, important habitat for endangered jaguars and ocelot bulldozing our beautiful public lands that are such a huge part of our economy and our and our quality of life here in southern arizona and you know blasting the tops off of mountains just completely destroying these places and just reshaping the landscape all to build a border wall that is nothing more than a monument to the racism and hatred that we saw on display at the Capitol last weekend, or last week. And, you know, I think that, again, when you try to put these things in context, um, it was racism that elected Donald Trump. That was one of his main campaign strategies. That was a primary campaign strategy for Donald Trump to get elected in the first place. So I don't think any of us should be surprised at what we saw at the Capitol the other day. Uh, that was a spasm of rage and violence that was a direct response to the votes of people of color who successfully removed this extremely dangerous, lawless president from power. And, you know, in, in Arizona, that it's, it's no more obvious than it, it you know, it's, it's, it's no, it's not, it's, it's more obvious here than it is anywhere else. Um, Indigenous people in our state voted about 95% plus in favor of Joe Biden. I mean, it was an overwhelming vote. And it's very clear because Trump has absolutely disrespected and vilified uh, Native people, uh, you know, throughout his, his term. So, you know, shouldn't be any surprise that they voted him out. And, and the border wall is a big part of that. You have the Kumayai, you have the the Tohono O'odham, you have many other tribes along the border who have been harmed by this border wall. And you also have, uh, you know, any number of um, endangered species in beautiful places that have been destroyed. In Texas, they're seizing land from private landowners to build the border wall. They're literally just taking people's land. Um, and, you know, it, it's this obsession that Trump has had with this border wall for four years. And it's, there's no doubt it's driven by racism. He's building border walls in places where hardly anyone is walking across the landscape. And, and the landowners and land managers will tell you that. The people who know those places the best will tell you that. And, um, you know, he only did it as a campaign tactic to get himself reelected. So we need Joe Biden to come in and stop this construction on day one. He has the power to do that, and we want him to stop the construction and cancel all of these billion-dollar construction contracts that Trump has handed out to his political supporters on day one. And then Joe Biden should put together a commission of scientists and, and indigenous leaders and, and tribal nations to look at the damage that's been done and immediately start to make a plan to try to remediate as much of it as possible. Some of this damage is permanent, uh, and it won't really ever be fixed. But we need to look at this situation closely as soon as possible and do everything that we can to to uh, heal the land that's been trashed. You've talked about racism and white supremacy. Can you talk more about that in terms of the environmental movement? When we look at white supremacy in our country, you know, it's not about people waving Confederate flags at the Capitol necessarily. I mean, white supremacy is a culture 
and it's it's a culture that centers whiteness above all other races and you know those of us who are in the dominant racial group have to do a lot of soul searching right now about where our nation is and where it's headed because you know those people that raided the the capital the other day in their failed attempted coup uh, that you know that was orchestrated by the president and and by the capitol police um, you know they are enabled in doing this by a culture that allows them to do it. You know, we've we've seen people, you know, run roughshod, you know, uh, over over uh, local capitals, state capitals, and threatening governors and legislators, and barging into these places and and threatening people, uh, you know, for years now, and, and they've paid very little price for it, and. It's the culture that lets them get away with that, you know. It's the culture that says, oh, well, gee, you know, these people aren't a threat because they're white. And that white supremacy culture is just throughout our country. It's, it's the air we breathe, you know. It, we breathe it in and breathe it out every day, whether we know it or not. And it's incumbent on all of us to take steps to fight it. And that includes the environmental movement. Um, you know, we have had a history in the environmental movement of struggling with these issues, with issues of diversity and equity and inclusion. And we have to get better at it, just like everyone else in this country, just like everybody. We have to get better at it. We have to do the hard work and have the difficult conversations to and, and the self-reflection and the relinquishing of power and all the things that are needed to dismantle white supremacy culture. This is what's driving this whole Trump agenda you know, this is how he got elected in the first place. This is who his followers are. And it, it's it's sad to me that, that so many of my white brothers and sisters just kind of look away from that. You know, they're uncomfortable with it. They don't want to sit with it. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to call it for what it is. You know, they don't want to name it. And, and they don't want to do the hard work and, and have the difficult conversations that are necessary to dismantle it. And I think that if we're really going to make fundamental change in this country... That's what we need to do, you know, in order to move forward and really change, you know, the political context in which these kinds of atrocities can take place, you know, like Oak Flat and the border wall. We need to have a fundamental reckoning with where we are in this country and how power works and who has it and who doesn't, whose voices are valued and whose are just ignored and silenced. And, you know, a big part of that is silence by white people. And I think it's, you know, the huge wake-up call that that we should take away from what happened at the Capitol, from, from the insurrection at the Capitol the other day, is that we need to start naming this for what it is, and we need to speak out against it. How can people find out more about Oak Flat and the Center for Biological Diversity? Yeah, I, I would encourage people to go to uh, the Apache Stronghold uh, website. Simple Google will take you there. Um, I would encourage people to go to the Center for Biological Diversity website and look at what we're doing with the border wall and with Oak Flat. Um, and, you know, I, I would encourage people to uh, hold the Biden administration accountable. You know, we want the president to follow through on his promise. You know, when Joe Biden becomes president, that border wall turns into his border wall. And if there's any construction still happening out there, that's happening under his watch. And he said very clearly uh, before the election that there will not be uh, one more foot of border wall constructed on my watch. 
Actually, I think that was just after the election. And um, so we need to hold him to that promise. You know, we need him to stop that construction on day one and immediately begin consultation uh, with scientists and with Native people about how to fix the damage that's been done. Anything else? Yeah, you know, with Oak Flat, um, you know, what we've seen um, from Rio Tinto is, is just so indicative, you know, of a colonial mentality. Uh, they come in, they, they use this divide and conquer strategy. They start throwing money at certain people and they, you know, run candidates for local office. They, they um, you know, just attempt to insinuate themselves into the community, dominate the politics. It's an old story. It goes back centuries. And when huge corporate corporations like this use their wealth and power to dominate people to take their resources, to devalue their perspectives and their concerns, uh, it's extremely painful. It's traumatic. It, it, it continues to dig at old wounds that have never closed. And we have to get real about what that really means. This is not just some uh, you know, company operating in a vacuum where race has nothing to do with what they're doing. Race has everything to do with it. They know that in the past, they've always gotten away with steamrolling people like this. They've always gotten away with strong-arming people like this and taking what they want. We have to stop that, and one of the ways we have to stop it is to call out that behavior for what it is. That's criminal behavior. I mean, that, that's colonial behavior that goes back centuries, and it needs to stop. And I would recommend everyone contact Rio Tinto and, and ask them why they're doing this in a flat, why, why the hypocrisy, why the lies that they told the Australian media about how they would never do such a thing again. You know, I'm, I'm very critical of the U.S. government. Um, I'm, I'm disappointed, you know, in, in, the, in the white supremacy culture that we've created and the fact that we haven't really made very much, you know, progress in, in dismantling it. But I firmly believe that what we have in front of us right now is a huge, amazing opportunity to make so much progress. I think, you know, that we need this thing to rebound all the way back the other way, where we have an honest and straightforward approach to these issues going forward, where we can name things for what they are and we can learn from this mistake of electing Donald Trump. And, you know, we can build a, a country in which someone like Donald Trump can never get elected again. I really have faith that we can still do that. We can have the difficult conversations. We can do the work that we need to do to fundamentally change politics in this country. And I'm kind of excited about where we're headed from here. We'll have to leave it there. My guest today has been Randy Seraglio, a conservation advocate for the Center for Biological Diversity, discussing Arizona environmental issues, Oak Flat, the border wall, and what's at stake as we transition from one administration to the next. Thank you for listening to 30 Minutes from 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager. You can find this and all recent episodes of 30 Minutes on the 30 Minutes program page at kxci.org. There you can subscribe to the podcast and find our social media. Thanks again.